Welcome to episode 9 of the 99. We're going to do something a little different today. My brother has moved back to town and he's going to be a co-host on today's episode. And like you guys, he doesn't really have a knowledge of who the person I am interviewing is or much about what he does. So he'll be more like a co-host hosting from the same perspective as you, the audience. Today's guest is a Marley's beat reporter for the LeafsNation.com. He is also an avid YouTuber and a very talented photographer. Very excited to have today's guest, Nick Barden. Hey, Nick. Welcome to the 99 podcast, Normal People and Their Stories. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I have my brother here, Michael. Hey. Uh, as as the layman, as someone who's not a Leafs fan or a hockey fan, we're going to talk a little bit about some of that. So you may have some questions that, uh, well, me and Nick would, it'd be common knowledge to us, but some of our listeners, it wouldn't be. So, or you may not ask anything at all. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> that pans out. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what you do. Like I know you're right. And you do YouTube videos and and photography. But if you want to go in a little bit into that, um, well, yeah, I, I first of all I write for the Leafs Nation. I am actually now they're a senior writer, so I've gotten a little bit more responsibility for myself. Yeah, um, I'm I'm their beat reporter essentially for the Marlies. So I'll follow as much as I can on them. Like I, what I did last season was I was in every Zoom availability asking the players questions, and then yeah. I was able to go to games and stuff. They allowed me to do that, and this year it should be the same thing. It might be a little bit more open with instead of doing Zoom. Yeah, like we've seen with the Leafs not doing Zoom now. Um, I'll be able to hopefully go to their practices and go to their games and actually talk to them pers- in person. Yeah, which which would be nice because it, it feels like it feels weird, especially for me not having to be a reporter and go to a game and talk to people. Yeah. It just feels like that part is a little bit empty. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice for me just to maybe get out of my comfort zone a little bit too and have to push myself to talk to more people yeah. than I would usually be used to. So getting my uh my journalism degree or journalism diploma to good use. Yeah. And yeah. Um I do YouTube as much as I can on the Leafs. Um I don't know how much I'll be able to do this season with all my other stuff, but I do that and then photography as well. Photography's a it's an interesting little path of mine that I've liked but I haven't got to do enough of. Yeah. And I I, th- I think like even for me like I think I'm pretty decent at it. Yeah. I've seen your photos of like the outdoor stuff. Those, those photos behind you, those are ones you took, right? Yeah. Put those up Mm. today. Yeah. Did um, your photo taking, did it start with hockey or was it just a separate interest at first? Um, You know what? It was sort of, I've throughout my entire life, maybe not. Okay. That's, that's a little bit broad, but throughout maybe starting from high school, I always, I always found a love for 
just how like video and photography looked. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you see a picture of something, especially like maybe an animal or like a hockey player, for instance, or just like nature in general or like a city yeah. and it, and it just pops and it looks so nice. Yeah. And I've always found the creation of that so interesting. So mm-hmm. that sort of got me along the lines of, Hey, maybe like doing a YouTube channel would be cool. And then I started YouTube and I had to get a good camera for that. Yeah. Cause at first I started using my sister's little, I don't even know what it was. It was just like a pocket camera. Like yeah. not as big as like a DSLR. It was just a little one. And I started doing that and I'm like, I'm seeing all these other people doing videos with nice cameras and their backgrounds were all blurred. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I want yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So then then eventually I I worked, um, did a part time job and I eventually had enough money saved where I could be like, Hey, like to my parents, could you help me maybe split on it? And I was able to get the camera that I have now and I haven't switched. And then with do, being able to have that camera for YouTube, I was able to do other things with it. Nice. So you use the same one for photography as you use your YouTube. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. It was very funny because I remember um, one of my sisters has a friend and they're older. And I went to like one of their daughter's birthday parties when I was maybe like this might have been like five or six years ago. And she had a camera just like that one. And I was like, oh my God, let, like, let me see it. And I was playing with it. And I was so amazed with how the pictures all came out. Yeah. And it was just like, I was just taking pictures of people that were there. So it was just, it, it was fascinating just to see how, now I don't want to say easy it was, but just how nice of a camera it can be and how nice of pictures it can take. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh... I, yeah. And then eventually I got this camera and, I've tried to do as much photography as I can. I would like to do more, even in sports. I just haven't really found the place to do that yet. Yeah. My my wife was actually, well, I from what you just told us, I probably already know the answer, but she was asking if you went to school for photography. No. I, <laughs> I, I, in some cases, like, I kind of went to school on YouTube. Yeah. In a sense that's been the same with even with youtube like doing youtube like i didn't i i started doing like i started making fifa videos when i would when i graduated high school in 2015 right after i got out and i i all i remember is just sitting there and watching youtube videos learning how to just edit and then even learning how to make thumbnails and use photoshop and then yeah. it's grown to where I've got to today where like, it's, it's to me, it's like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm really good at everything, but like I've got sort of a sense of, I know how to do it all. So it's a little bit easier to make YouTube videos and a lot Mm -hmm. easier to do thumbnails if I ever need them. Yeah. And And then graphic design, it took me to another place where I could make cool graphics at some points too, which is, it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it all. So, so you, we're doing that photography and the you well more than YouTubing before you started writing. Uh, yeah, you know what? It, it's especially for me. I don't know. I've always, I wouldn't say I had a love for writing because I hate reading. <laughs> it, it, I know. I know. One of the things is like people say is to be a great writer, you have to read a lot, and I, that doesn't go hand in hand with me. Like I, I, I like. 
I can't like if somebody's like, hey, read this book and it's like two or three hundred pages. I'm like, hell no, I can't read that. I'd rather watch maybe a movie on it or something else. Yeah. But for like writing, like I was telling my girlfriend the other week and I think it was the first time I ever told her. But it, like I can vividly remember, I think it was elementary school. I had a little journal or a notebook and I decided to try and write a story uh, like a yeah. book and like. I remember just filling the pages and like I would put it away and then I would open it again. I never completed a story. I just remember being like, oh, this person was doing this and then another person would come in, blah, blah, blah. So maybe I don't really know if I started YouTube before I started writing. I I didn't really, I didn't know I had an enjoyment for writing until maybe I went to journalism school and I was like, hey, this is all pretty cool. Like I obviously wanted to have a career in sports, but there was, I didn't really find out until then that I enjoyed writing as well as doing the video aspects, the photography stuff and just everything like that. Yeah. So, so was editor and leaf the first place you were writing? Uh, yes. Unfortunately. I like your (laughs) smile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've had some good reviews about that site. I don't want to get into it too much, but it's a, it's a gr- interesting one. Interesting site. <laughs> um, a lot of guys from there have moved on to, there's a few guys there at the Leafs nation that I, that I know of. There's you, Mike Stevens. Mike um, Stevens is actually, or was he there? Do you mean? I think he was there. Did, did he move I, on? Yeah, he went, from I believe when I was an editor in Leaf, he left and was the managing editor at the Leafs Nation, and yeah. then I believe he left there. I think he went to Yahoo. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah, for a little bit, and he did that podcast with Justin Cuthbert after games. I think was okay. That, if I'm correct. And then I think now he's at Sports Illustrated, which is oh. hockey news. Okay, wow, that's quite the path. And it's funny to yeah. think it started at editor and leaf. Yeah, and he's not even in journalism. Like he didn't he doesn't have a journalism degree, I believe it. I think it's poly science. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and then Dylan Murphy, I think, is he at the Leafs Nation? Yes. I think okay. yes. And then he's Alex in Newfoundland. Yeah. And Alex yeah. went to the hockey writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not many people stayed there. I just stopped, sort of just stopped writing because I, well, I didn't have much time. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool though to get a little bit of money for it. Yeah, it was, it was, it's a good starting point. I'll say that it's especially for somebody like me or somebody who's in journalism school and just wants another maybe platform to write at other than your school. Yeah. I'd say it's a really good starting point for people to like, I, I, at that point when I was there, it wasn't, it was a name that was like, sort of like people didn't like, but it wasn't to the point where now where people just think like with the takes that are on the social media, people think, Oh, who are these writers? Like it wasn't like that to the sense when I was there, like it was a little bit more like, okay, there's, other writers there and they actually yeah. are pretty good 
but now it's just i think with the, just how the social media has been run yeah it's gotten a little bit harder especially for people again like who are in journalism school and want to make a name for themselves because at this point like it it, it would be hard i think personally for somebody to just come in and not or and go right to the Leafs nation or i know there's pension plan puppets yeah. and there's another one that i think leafs news or something like that it's just because you're like you're entering sort of this community and you're not really people aren't don't really know your name and you sort of have to build a name for yourself and that's what i tried to do at editor and leaf and now with the way it looks there it doesn't look like it looks like it'll be hard for people to do that if they do want to break in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you were still there at the point, but I remember there was, well, in the group chat, there was some uh, uh, disagreements going on about what was being posted on the official account because mm-hmm. it would reflect on the writers when none of the writers for the most part would feel that way. And they'd be these over the, over the top takes and I well, some guys left after that. That's the, yeah. the Twitter account for the editor and leaf. Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Funny takes. <laughs> yeah. And that I like people did show like there was, I think somebody in there who sent me a message and showed me the screenshots. And it's just like, again, it's, it's so difficult for younger writers because that opportunity is sort of being taken away because somebody else wants to take control of the account and post literally takes that are his personal opinion. I shouldn't say his, I don't even want to say the name, their personal opinion. And then, but yet it's like sort of like a company account in a sense. Yeah. Kind of of representing like, (laughs) yeah. Representing all the writers. And then, it's just somebody I, I there's been some points I I believe where there's been political takes on there. Like it's yeah, it's uh, just yeah. like it's, it doesn't make sense. And the point, like I've even contacted like one of the bosses there and I was just like, Hey, you know, like, you know, like it's not really fair to some of the younger writers because they're just trying to make a name for themselves. And now other people aren't going to go look at their site. And that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what's going to happen unless it's somebody from Facebook yeah, one of the older people who are on Facebook more and won't really see that. So, which sucks. But yeah, I've I've tried my best to try and help that situation, but it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Yeah, it's a bit of a lost cause. So, what? Um, I was telling my brother this story actually um, a little bit before we came on here. Um, I'm not sure. I think you may have still been at Editor and Leaf at this point, but. Uh, it was when you made that tweet about, uh, I think it was like 500 retweets With that. and you buy that Jersey there on your wall <laughs> yeah. and that blew up the man. Himself. I remember your follower count exploded like overnight. Like it, it at least doubled, maybe tripled. Yeah, and- I believe, I think it did double. I remember, um, sitting like what happened was I went, I did the tweet and then I think one or two days later I went downtown to Toronto and bought the Jersey. And then I remember just sitting on the go train coming home and like my phone just wouldn't stop vibrating. Yeah. It would just keep going and going and going. 
I should have turned my notifications off because it was a lot. And like, there's some tweets now that I do and they're still vibrating and vibrating. Yeah. But it was just like, I was, I was I, like, I didn't think even like I, I've told people I did it a few weeks before for Rasmus Sandin and yeah. I would have happily bought that Jersey because I liked him, but this was a little bit different. And I didn't like, I always thought it could be a possibility that when it would reach that point of um, me buying it. But I, I, I thought the tweet, it would just be a one and done tweet where people would be like, Oh, that's pretty funny. And then just leave it at that. I didn't yeah. expect mm-hmm. people to be like, that's so freaking cool. I'm going to follow you because of that. And then yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I was just sitting on the go train and my phone just wouldn't stop vibrating. And then, yeah, that's, that's sort of how I so, got my little entrance. Would you say that's helped you uh, advance your career in sports media? Uh, yeah, I'd say yes. In a sense, just because it was another way of putting my name out there. Like I, I've, I was trying to do as much as I could already. I was making graphics. I was doing YouTube. I was doing the writing at editor and leaf. And this was just like a thing that like, I remember Adam Wilde was the one who like retweeted it and he's on the seed dangle podcast. And yeah. he's also a big radio person in Toronto. So he was the one who retweeted it and got it over to 500 retweets. Yeah. But then it just started like when I posted the picture, like I remember at one point, James Myrtle, um, he, he re- reacted with it. I think he replied with something, but t- like to that magnitude now, like it's just, it's getting people to see your name. And although like somebody might not follow you at that point, they see your name. And then if something else comes along and they see an article and they think, oh, that's a good article. And then they see, oh, Nick Barden wrote it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Nick Barden was this person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another connection. So, yeah, it, it sort of, it, it did help me in a sense, just because I guess my name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think. It, it, like, again, yeah, it did. It did. And then in other ways, I started trying to do other things to, just keep that traction because I know like I, what I, I learned in school that social media is a big thing and it plays a key part in yeah. trying to get a job and sort of growing an audience goes into that as well. And I've just been trying to do that ever since. Yeah. yeah. I think it's working. I hope it's working, but <laughs> I'm just having fun. Honestly, yeah. I enjoy it all, especially like me now being a senior writer, I'm able to do all this stuff full time. Yeah. Well, I've, so you're, this is your own progress. So you see it, um, like, well, if you check your follower account or you're reading, seeing who's reading your stuff or whatever, you see it while well, you're looking at it more often. So you, you see it moving ahead, maybe slower than I do, where like I take a look and I'm like, wow, he came a long way, uh, in, I don't know, two years. Um, when you got on as, uh, the Marley's beat reporter, like I, to me, that was huge for you. Like, uh, well, I think, uh, Mike Stevens was a Marley's beat reporter for editor and leaf, but, uh, yeah. like you're getting to meet guys that are going to be Toronto Maple Leafs and, and ask them questions. And I think that's all I'd be living the dream to me. That's the, 
Well, the NHL is the dream, but I mean, you're, it's like, it's really I, close. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. There's yeah, it's, a, it's, actually a guy from our town was on the Marlies. Um, I'm curious if you interviewed him, uh, Justin Brazo. Um, I probably did ask him a question. He wasn't really he, like he didn't he didn't play as much as he was a fringe player. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when he was signed, like a lot of people thought that he was going to be a an interesting player because of his size and everything. But now for this season, I may have gone to ask him one or two questions at some yeah. point, but he was not available to the media that often. Where I I remember, yeah, which sucked because I was a, like he's a. Even this year, like with being able to go there, like there's one guy, I don't know if you know Curtis Douglas or if you've heard his name. That's the big six foot yeah. seven six or six foot nine. Ooh. He's as big I as Sedano Chara. Yeah. And like, I'm just so excited if I'm able to interview players just to stand beside him and see the difference and how big he is. Because yeah. like, you go, in, you, you go into a grocery store or something, you see a tall person. You're like, holy crap, they're tall. You don't know how tall they are. But just to know, like a six foot nine guy, I just yeah. want to know how far I'm looking up. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool. But I, I I remember seeing a tweet from uh, Mike before. It was Pierre Ingval's like first uh, scrum or something like that with the Marlies. And uh, they had to adjust the camera because his neck was so long. The top half of his head was out of the frame. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, I I mean, even for me, like I've never I've been like I when I was in school, I was able to go to the like the least outdoor practices in Nathan Phillips Square. Oh yeah. well that's where I got those pictures, but um the first time I went I went both times for school essentially. But the first time I went, they actually gave me a media pass to go stand in the um, in the scrum. Yeah. So like John Tavares was there. Um, I, I, Mike Babcock was there. That's who I can vividly remember. I can't remember anybody else. But it's it's so weird to be that close to players that you idolize. Yeah. And like one of the things that's going to interest me this year is like, like I know all of these players who are on the Marlies, but like, especially like a guy, for instance, Timothy Lilligren or Rasmussen, he won't be there, but maybe Nick Robertson. Like those guys are people that you know of and you really know about them and they've had a lot of attention. So I don't know how I'm going to react to being able to interview them over maybe somebody who doesn't really have that much of a name because at that point it's sort of like if I don't really know much about them it's it's you have an easier to me human to human connection but like if I yeah. if I see John Tavares and I have to go interview him <laughs> I mean like holy shit that's John Tavares I got to go interview this guy like how the hell am I going to do that yeah yeah what do you say <laughs> yeah and like I remember when I was in that scrum at the Leafs outdoor practice there was guys from other colleges and universities there and one guy like gave a fist bump to john tavares and he was like oh my uh, god i just fist bumped john tavares <laughs> yeah. but like i don't know it's it's gonna be weird um but yeah 
to answer your question about Justin Brazo, I only got to interview him like one or two times. Yeah. Still, still cool. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's set in or it has set in yet. It might set in. Like for me, it's set in about being the Marley's beat reporter when I went to, I think, my first game there. Yeah. And like they walked out on the ice and I was one of the only people in the arena. But I don't think it's sunk in about interviewing players yet. I don't think I've had that maybe moment. Yeah. That big one experience that kind of shows you. Yeah. I mean, I've had Rich Clune get mad at me, I think. Really? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I don't know if he was mad at me. I asked him a question about COVID and he was just like uh. Listen, I'm ta- I'm done talking about it. Like we're sitting in here with it, doing an interview. Like it's it's getting better. I don't know if he w- he just really like intimidates me. He's yeah. a guy. <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. He's followed me on Instagram, so maybe he likes me. Yeah. I don't know why he even followed me there, but um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm interested to see how I'll react with the players. Yeah. So, so you went to school for uh, journalism, like, well, you were talking before that, like you'd write a little bit, but like what inspired you to go into, into journalism in the first place? Sports. Just sports. sports. Okay. Yeah. It was like, I, I remember saying in my class, like you'd start the year or you start the first semester and everyone, cause it would, we would all be in like sort of the same group. In college, it was sort of a little bit smaller. So it'd be like, I believe there was two groups of us. There was 30 and then 30 in another group. So we knew each other a lot. But one of the first things that um, we had to say to each other was, or the teacher would tell us to say is like, say who you are, why you're doing journalism and all that. And I was just like, just because I was in journalism was for sports. And if I'm not able to play it professionally, I may even try and report on it professionally. Yeah. So that was the big thing. I mean, I, I like interesting stories as well. I, as much as I love hockey and sports, um, I think there's always bigger things out there. Yeah. And wherever my journey leads me on, like, I don't want the end. I do want the end goal to be sports in a sense and be a reporter in the NHL. But at some point as well, there's going to be a time where I might want to move on from hockey because to me, there's so many bigger things, maybe yeah. not reporting on something, but, but yeah, that's my brain. And I, I like go with, uh, Sid on breakfast television. <laughs> no, see, that's a, no, no. I, I, I love breakfast television, but, that's way too early for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how they wake up at those hours. Yeah, I, I've I've watched it before. It's not really my thing, especially like there's so much time on weather and traffic, and it's like I live six hours away from where this weather and traffic is. So, <laughs> I it's, um, it's just, like it's nice to wake up to. Yeah, yeah, because they're already awake. Put on, yeah, and just have something to put on, and maybe hear the news. But other than that, I mean, they have segments and everything. And like, I remember in elementary school and high school, my mom would put it on. I would just, I would get to the point where I don't want to listen to segments anymore about workouts and food. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to hear news and then get out of it. So, 
yeah. <laughs> so you being someone who works in sports media, like there must be some guys you looked up to and gave you a desire to work in that field. I, I, I'm going to guess Steve Dangle is one of them. Um, yes. And he might be the only one. Um, oh, really? Like there's, there's people I look up to, like just, I think from maybe a YouTube standpoint, Steve is really, and even writing too, Steve is a big, um, influence. Like he's like from where he went to where he is now. It's really cool to me. If I had to like say a reporter or someone who writes, it would be Chris Johnston. Yeah. Cause he's the agree. nicest person ever. Yeah. Um, makes a good interview. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you guys had him on? No, no, no. Oh my, that'd be awesome. No, he's just saying it makes for a good interviewer when they're when they're. Oh yeah, well, the way he is, he's a nice, open guy. Oh yeah, he's very open. Like he's 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 like probably the, I haven't even met him, but he's already the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> but I'd say Steve is a big one. Just because even like there's been times where like he's like he knows who I am. Like we know each other now. And like there was one point where I DM'd him and I was just like, Hey, like how did you when you were doing Marley stuff, just um being able to carry the load of do reporting on the Marleys as well as doing YouTube and all this other stuff. And he was nice enough to pop in a Zoom call with me for like ten or fifteen minutes or oh. maybe thirty can't really remember now but he, he's just there and he helped me and like whenever i have a question i'm sure he would be oh we lost yeah you did like you you were chopping out and i couldn't hear you should i should i re say it yes okay. <laughs> sorry about that no 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 it's okay. So it's okay the last thing i got is you said you you dm'd him and you asked him oh yeah so I DM'd him like I'll I'll just start by I'll just start by saying like again um he was like he's he's really nice and he's really genuine and like there was some points where like I would DM him if I had a question or anything like that and he would respond um there was one point in the Marley season a little bit where I asked him about um just how he balanced everything is YouTube and the Marley stuff. And he answered, like he said, like, Hey, let's just hop into a zoom call for 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, like he, he, he really, like he really cares. Oh, dang. To, We're losing you again. We lose, you know what? Let me, let me move this over because it might be my wonky ass internet. Whoa, this is not. Oh I don't know. Moving a foot over on my desk really will do anything, but. Your picture cleared up a bit. Did it? Yeah. Okay. So maybe it'll work. But yeah, um, he. He went into a zoom call with me. We talked about how he was, um, how he did it all. And just, if I had any questions, he would just answer them. He was really like, he's a really open and really 
nice person and he's genuine. Like he's not like somebody who always thinks about himself. Like he wants to help other people. And I think that's one of the big things is especially with like just coming into this industry and having people help you. You'd like to do the same when you have that, maybe you have that job that is pretty big. And so like, I really appreciated him taking that time with me and, now, like, if I ever have a question, I could just DM him. I'm sure he'll answer it. He might not answer it in the time I'd like him to answer it, but <laughs> he'll eventually answer it. Um, but even like Chris Johnston, for example, like, I, I, I don't even remember how why like how I started following or how he started following me or whatever. But I DM'd him one time, maybe about something about the Marleys, and he was like, "Oh, here, have my phone number." Oh, like, oh wow. wow! Just like that. So yeah. So I mean, just having like those two people really helps. If I have any questions, I try not to bother them a lot because yeah, I know they're busy people. So yeah, yeah. But those two people would play a key role. There's also other YouTubers who I used to watch who really wanted or really just to me sort of put that idea in my head that I wanted to do that. So Steve, something that strikes me with Steve, uh, dedication, uh, um, like it takes a lot of dedication just to sit down and watch the hockey games, but for him to sit down and watch every game for the past 15 years and do uh, a reaction to the game every 82 nights a year um and then go and edit all that that's that's a good quality that's good quality live reactions or no after so steve dangle he watches hockey games and then he does a reaction so i'm assuming when he started he was living with his parents and his and he had a bedroom and he's just freaking out in the least jersey either (laughs) about the loss or about the win and 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 it's kind of it's comedic um a lot of the time but he's now he has his own house, but and he works for like Sportsnet. Okay, but he he's been doing this. Is it fifteen years somewhere around there? I believe it's like ten to fifteen. I'm not I'm not sure if it's fifteen, but you 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 you're probably right. I know that he was. I was at the first time I watched it. I was in grade seven or eight, and that was like oh seven or oh eight, and he was doing one. I don't know how long he had been. So it's been at least twelve 13 years. or thirteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Long enough. Yeah. It's again, yeah, it's got him to the point to where he is now. I just want to pause. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> parents decided to do this right now. Fire drill? <laughs> no, whenever they cook, oh. they decide to like burn things. Oh, yeah. And now it's gone. Parents um, but do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he's he's got some crazy dedication, like to do that every single year. And even when they're bad and even when they do stupid stuff, like they have the past couple of years to just stay in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's there for a reason. He's where he is for a reason. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. Like even for me, like I've tried to make videos after every game. I haven't missed a game in I think two seasons, but it's, at some points, it's really hard. Like even yeah. burnt out. 
like especially with COVID and the Marlies last season, like I was so burnt out and I didn't like, I, there was points where I didn't even want to be in the media availabilities for the Marlies because it was just, it was just like you, the days went by so fast and it was like, you'd go to bed, you'd wake up and I'm like, Oh, I got to do this again. And I, I enjoy Like I love talking to the players and all that. It's so fun. Yeah. But when I, there's, there's going to, there's points where you burn out and he, I, I like some people, I don't understand how they don't burn to burn out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy, but I guess people just find their little things that they do to just maybe just take a day or take a few hours and get their mind off of things. But Steve doing it for that long is just crazy. It's mind blowing and yeah. respect to him. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I I have a hard time even like, well, just this podcast. This is only like my ninth episode. I haven't done one in about a month because I've just been so busy. But uh, that's nowhere near 82 games a season um, that you guys are doing. And it, like, I, yeah, I, I hear you when you say sometimes you just don't want to do it. I do get excited to do it sometimes. And then, so I just took the last month. I'm like, uh. I'm just going to not stress myself out for this month. But you guys, you're not able, when you're trying to do every game, you don't have that luxury. And when you work in that industry too, it's like, like I, I don't work in radio or anything. This is completely different from everything else in my life. But your life is very surrounded by hockey. So I think that would burn you out even more on, on top of the time investment is it's, it's directly related to your career. Yeah, and I think um it's 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 something I really like I really enjoy. Like I have no idea how Steve like how like even now with a child. Like I don't have a child. I I'm still living in my parents' house, so I have a lot of time and it's it's very easy for me. But even like for with people who with ha- who have children, like I like I envy them because I know there's going to be a point where that time is going to come and I'm going to have a child and then it's going to add to that plate of stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I have no idea how he does it. I, I don't. And I don't know how he, he doesn't show that he's burnt out. Like, yeah. like he has the podcast. He's doing that. He'll do it three times a week. He's doing the videos. He's doing sports nets videos. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It's like three jobs. <laughs> Yeah, and and a kid. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know how he does that. Some people but, are just built different. Yeah, it's like I like I've watched like documentaries, and I hear like you watch YouTube videos on people who are really big, and they just have certain things that they they like or do that really help them push through things. Yeah, like it mm-hmm. might be like a thing on the wall or something that happened to them when they were younger or something like that. So I, I think especially for people who are trying to work their way up, because this is a, this is a, a job that I, I really haven't got the full taste of yet, but I know it's like a lot of hours, especially even like I've been talking to people and I'm like, I could never be a hockey insider like that. Oh yeah. That's, that's complete. Like, 
you do not have one second of time to yourself. Like it's, you're at somebody's house having dinner, something happens, you got to go. That's it. Yeah. Dinner's canceled. Um, but no, I, it's to me, I just think you got to find that balance in a sense too, but it's, it's, it's really fun. I enjoy it. I don't know how Steve does it, but there is some points where it does get really, really hard. Yeah. Well, you're doing good anyways. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) My best. So that's that's your full-time job then? Yes. In a sense, yes. I've signed a contract, um, but I don't know. I might, I might want to do more things, see how the season goes. And if I have time, like I might have to drive out to Toronto a lot and yeah. that'll take up a lot of time from me. So where do you live? Get Pickering. Pickering. Is that in so the GTA? Yeah, that's literally, there's, there's Ajax, Whitby and Oshawa. I know I'm, I'm sure you probably heard of Oshawa. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the four cities. Pickering is the closest to Toronto and it's essentially Toronto and then Scarborough. And then you have downtown, you have uptown and then the, the West end. So I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm not really close. Like it'll take me like 35 minutes to get downtown. Okay. So it's okay. But it's also like, if I could live down there, it would be nice. But yeah, save an hour. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have the money for that yet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe ever. So, yeah. uh, um, want to go to the Leafs here a little bit? Um, so they required some players. Um, I was wondering who your favorite acquisition was this off season. That's a good question. Um. I don't know. I really, maybe I want to say, I don't want to say Nick Ritchie because he's too obvious. Mike, <laughs> a lot of people like, and that's too obvious. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how Andre Kasha plays because he really doesn't, um, he's been injured a lot. He really hasn't had, I don't think a lot of games since 2018 or 2019. I don't, yeah. I'm really just spitballing. But he's somebody like if he can really get going, like he's a good player. And yeah. I'm interested to see if he can stay healthy. He really intrigues me because he's already looked really good and when the Leafs have played their preseason games and then the one against each other. So yeah. That's one guy. I'm really disappointed about Martin Rinson taking off to go back home, but <laughs> but now Josh Hosang gets to wear his number, which yeah. is even more weird. <laughs> I'm interested in Michael Bunting um, just because of his style of play. Um, never really had that. I guess like you could say maybe Leo Komarov, but Leo Komarov, he wouldn't, he wouldn't actually do anything. Like he might annoy some guys, but he would never like say there's a scrum. He's not going to do anything where Bunting is he's smaller, but he will. But also the fact like he can, well, he can score. He had those 10 goals in just, what, 21 games last year? And then he had a hat trick there the other night. So it's excited about him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one player, like, if he can really get going and have a good season, 
it's interesting to see how he can do it. And even Nick yeah. Ritchie as well. I mean, I don't know too much about him. I just know he's a big guy and he can throw his body around and help put up points and stuff like that. But Michael yeah. Bunting, especially being, I think, I believe Nick Ritchie's from the Toronto area too. There's yeah. too many of them who are from the Toronto area now. But it's even, I'd say all the players who they've acquired are interesting. It's, yeah. I mean, the ones who are at the NHL level, Josh Hosang, a guy who really had a rough career and now he's trying to rekindle it to make it better. He's an interesting one, especially if he goes to the Marlies to start. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say Hosang, but more importantly, I'd, I'd say Kasha. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I read your article, um, about Rick Warsaw, was he the producer of All or Nothing? Yeah. So, oh, he was. So he, Rob Warsaw, was the executive producer and the showrunner. I don't really know what a showrunner is. I looked it up briefly. I all I know is it's an important role. So it's but almost yeah. usually it's like the creator. For example, The Office. Greg Daniels was the yeah. creator. I think it's the office, but he ran the show. So he's basically taking care of the actors, the writers, the, the director. Yeah. I think they say it just instead of creator, like if like, cause the office is a remake of the UK or whatever. I think it's just a polite way to say, no, not your idea. Who was the boss. <laughs> yeah. And guy who said, let's do this again. <laughs> so did, so did you interview him or was that like a transcript? Yes. From- no, I, I interviewed him. That's cool. It was, it was interesting, especially like, uh, he, he was around the players all the time. He was saying he, well, I'm sure you, when you read the article, it said he was on the bus, he was on the plane. Yeah. He, he was everywhere. And it was just, it was cool to hear him talk about what it was like to follow the team and make that yeah. series because you don't get a lot of people who you talk to other than if you're in sports meet or, you're in the arena and you talk to those people who are around them a lot. You don't really hear much about what goes on. Yeah. And I found that interesting. I even found it interesting that the series was even a series. Um, yeah. But he, he was really cool. He really talked about again, what it was like. And I, I, I believe he shared insight on a few players, but it, it it was just cool to hear and what they were able to put in and yeah. what maybe they didn't put in in a sense as well. It was cool to hear his perspective in in the the docu series itself. I wish I I think he mentioned in that article that they were only allowed one camera. Yeah. So I was watching. I was wondering like how different it would be if they were allowed the multi cam like they typically would have. Uh, I, I actually, I don't know if you saw my other article. I interviewed the NHL's chief content officer, um, mm. Steve Mayer, and he was also the executive producer on it as well. Okay. I and didn't he, see that one. Yeah. I, I think I put it, I think I put it, yeah, I put it out yesterday, but he was saying as well, like usually mm. they have like maybe 20 cameras. Yeah. So I think even with the footage that they have, I don't know how much you've seen or if you've seen any of it. I watched all of it. Yeah. Um, but even with one camera, they still got great stuff. Oh, yeah. It, like, it was very interesting. 
even to just be all around, like I can imagine just the running around they had to do to catch things. Yeah. Especially like the Nick Felino thing when he went down in the tunnel. Like, yeah. They probably had to run to get that. Yeah. So it was really cool, really fascinating. I I enjoyed it just just hearing it from a different person other than maybe like the NHL chief content officer because he's more of a I'd say he's not going to give you the answers you want where this guy was all around them all the time and he has really no relation to the NHL in any sort so he wouldn't be afraid to say anything. The only thing that sucked was I tweeted that I interviewed him and he said some interesting things. And then Leafs PR was like, Hey, let me take a look and read that and watch the interview. So he didn't say anything. I don't know <laughs> if I should be saying that though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Leafs PR won't listen to this one. No, I hope they but, do though. <laughs> but, but everything was good with it. Um, there was nothing that I had to take out, which was really nice because there was interesting things in there. And I, I do appreciate them taking a read. Like even even with taking them looking at it and like I, I don't want I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to say anything that somebody yeah. says that may look bad on a player. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to maybe just add some cool tidbits to what was already a cool story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that they looked at it and they just didn't see anything, which was nice. That's it, good. It's even it's even cool that they looked at it to me because I feel like I'm more big time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They felt it was worth looking at. So that was pretty cool. It, it was all a cool experience mm. to me. Yeah. So who, uh, when you were going to watch that, um, who 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 are you mo- most excited to see kind of behind the scenes? Uh, I'd say. I'd say Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner were probably, yeah, to me the the more bigger ones. Just because I'm the same age as them, I want to see how they act. Yeah, especially with the big um, players that they are. You didn't. We didn't really get much of it. Like we didn't see too much into how they act behind the scenes. Yeah, which I don't know. Like I, I didn't really. Like I didn't leave watching that documentary and think, oh, I wish I would have saw more of them. Yeah. Because you see a lot of other cool things. So I, I wasn't too disappointed with that. Like you saw William Nylander a lot, which was cool. Yeah. Because I believe he's in a year older than I am. But just to, like even to see Jack Campbell, like he was another interesting one. Yeah. We see a lot of Sheldon Keith though. Yeah. I that's I, I wanted to see Keith and Dubis, so I got my fill. Because <laughs> it's most I like seeing them uh, that like the guys in the front office and on the bench arguing with each other about stuff like 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 Keith arguing with the goalie coach he, he just looks at him fuck off. <laughs> it's so funny because um, like when I watched it, I really didn't like for that scene. I really didn't take too much. Like I didn't take it in as much as other people may have. I just. Yeah. Like, especially even with um, when I interviewed um, Steve Mayer, the NHL's chief content officer, he was just he was just like it's 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 literally like an office environment. Like people are it's it's literally like when I saw people arguing, I thought it was it's like a normal job. Yeah. Like people aren't always going to be happy with each other. 
And maybe that's why I didn't like when I saw him say to the goalie coach, fuck off. (laughs) Maybe I just, I didn't think like too much of it, but it it, it was very funny. I thought it was so funny. (laughs) Goalies are always sticking together. (laughs) Yeah. But I I, like, I I wouldn't have known that would have happened. Like I wouldn't like even we don't see it. Like I didn't think some of that stuff was actually like what it should have been in hockey. Yeah. Like I didn't think that's actually what happened. So it was it was a cool inside thing. I liked also seeing Joe Thornton a lot in there. I think he's hilarious. You like seeing him in the car when Brian Burke was talking. Yes, <laughs> Brian Burke. He's he's uh, shit talking. Uh, the signing of Joe Thornton on the radio and Joe Thornton's in his car listening to him shit talk him on the radio. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and he's just laughing at it. I did like seeing... Um, so I remember the game where him and Ehlers were just going at each other constantly. And I remember during that game, like, what what, what happened? And then it made it into the show. Mm-hmm. And I guess he speared him or something. No one saw it. And you just hear... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I totally forgot. Like, I forgot about that moment. And then when it came back up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to hear what, like, I remember, like, they were both in the penalty box. And Nikolai Ehlers was just sitting there. And Joe, you could see Joe Thornton just, he just kept yelling at him. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool as well. It was, it was kind of weird to see it. Because yeah. you don't really see like what happens a lot on the ice. Yeah, like even, especially with like I, I believe he was mic'd. He was, so, I believe he was there. Yeah, yeah. So that that was that was some good content. I, I liked seeing how the refs interacted with him, like explaining. <laughs> they're like, "Well, I gave you the first cross check, but then you went back, grabbed a new stick from your bench, and cross checked <laughs> him again." <laughs> that was that was so funny. Like I I, I now remember watching it. And it was crazy that he just went and got another stick and just went straight back. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it was funny, like, well, the few games I would watch usually while during the playoffs and you'd see Babcock just screaming from like behind the players. And I'd always wonder, like, what's being said back there? Like, it's under any circumstance, he's always just barking, pointing at someone. But yeah, even with like Sheldon Keefe, like there's one referee that um, last Skilleter. season. Yeah, Graham Skilleter. He he just called stupid penalties and yeah. there was points like Shell and Keith would be so mad at him. And like <laughs> there was some points where the camera would pan on him and you could clearly see what he was saying to the ref and it was like <laughs> he was just yelling at him. It was hilarious. Did he get fined? No, he got a penalty. Didn't he tell him fuck you or something like that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I believe somebody asked him about it and he was just like, it's not worth saying anything. Yeah. Something like that. But no, that's, it's hilarious to see some of the interactions they have. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see, um, especially like hockey. Well, usually like interviews are get pucks in deep. That's what, that's what you hear from hockey players, get pucks in deep. <laughs> cycle on the four check, but then uh, to see them behind closed doors is really, really good to watch. Shame about the ending, though. <laughs> it's 
it's uh it's this thing it's i had a hard time watching the last episode to i watched the last episode just today and i'm like oh man this is terrible i like you know i was i was i like there was a lot of people who i saw that were like oh i can't watch this yeah because of what happened and even people like have watched it and they're just like the last episode sucked because of what happened yeah and it, it did it is also pretty cool to look back on that and like now like for a player like Mitch Marner like he it seemed like he's changed like through the way he's been talking the first week or so like yeah saying so, like different things that he wouldn't say in the past it it looks like he might have changed and then you see the Sheldon Keith stuff and him saying stuff and he's yeah. trying his best to really help this team. And I, I think it, I think it was a good way to end it. Yeah. It would have been better if they won. But, oh yeah. But just to see, like even just to see how defeated everyone was, like it sort yeah. of gives maybe us a spark to be like, okay, maybe they're actually, they really, really do care. Yeah. So I, yeah. I thought it was really cool, even though it did suck. It was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's different this year. <laughs> yeah. As I say, for the 20th year in a row. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, I don't know. I, I remember after, like, when they lost to Montreal, I was thinking, like, what the hell are they doing? And then I remember two or three days later, they had their lockout cleanout day, locker cleanout day, and they started talking and saying, oh, we're going to be better. And then I was like, okay, I'm right back in. I'm yeah. right back in three days. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I could be heart. We could be heartbroken again. Who knows? Us Leafs fans are easy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It sucks, but that's us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the questions I have for you, Nick. So I want to thank you for coming on and uh, being very professional. Uh, and and keep up the good work, pumping out the content. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'll try my, especially this year. It's going to be a big year. Yeah, and the one that's going to probably take a lot out, but it'll be fun. That's, yeah, that's what it's all about—the fun. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again. Um, I'll send you a link or something when it's up. Um, probably be up within 24 hours or so. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Yeah. Have a good night, Nick. Thanks again for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Catch you later. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening, folks. I had a great time recording with Nick tonight and my brother as well. I really like that. uh, He mentioned some of the guys he looks up to like Chris Johnson and Steve Dangle um, and how open they were and willing to help. Um, I think he embodies some of that himself and I think Nick's going places and I hope you enjoyed listening to him talk and that you see him on your TV sometime. Sometime.